unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Thanks for listening. Coming up on this week's program, we'll talk to Scott Lynn, one of my favorite guests from the Lynn Murray Sully podcast and a longtime fixture in Washington, D.C. radio and the national sports talk landscape. Scott Lynn standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. So I was talking to my uh, brother from another mother, Keith Feeney, the other day, and you were talking about the upcoming draft and, you know, how we're not really just looking forward to all the grades that are going to be given out on this year's draft because it's really impossible to grade anyway at this stage. So he mentioned, you know, I want to, you know, see what five years ago, what was that like? So I said, you know what, I'm going to do that. So, uh, Keith, who I like to call the executive producer of this program, gave me a great idea there. So uh, in the 2016 draft, the number one overall pick was Jared Goff. Some quick success with the Rams, but it's kind of faded. Now a member of the Detroit Lions in the Matthew Stafford deal. The number two pick, Carson Wentz, another fast starter who has flamed out now with the Colts. Joey Bosa was the third pick. 47 and a half sacks. I say that graded up pretty well. Zeke Elliott of the Cowboys was the fourth overall pick. He's rushed for over 6,300 yards, 46 touchdowns, almost 2,000 yards receiving, and 10 more touchdowns. I'd say he was pretty good. The only running back taken in the first round. Matter of fact, the another running back was not taken until the second round, and that was with the 40. Fifth pick by Tennessee, and that was Derrick Henry, who's rushed for almost 6,000 yards. Fifth overall pick was Jalen Ramsey now with the Rams. Of course, he was picked by the, the Jaguars, who have obviously <laughs> dismantled their team. 11 picks in his NFL career. Ronnie Stanley was the tackle from Baltimore in the sixth pick. DeForest Buckner, the defensive end, who's at 38 sacks. For San Francisco, Jack Conklin of Tennessee was, uh, rather, for the Titans was the uh, was the pick for Michigan State at tackle. Leonard Floyd, outside linebacker of Georgia, was the ninth pick overall. And Eli Apple, cornerback for the New York Giants, was selected tenth out of Ohio State. So the top ten picks there, uh, very interesting indeed. Uh, you can look at uh, Will Fuller down at number twenty one. With the Texans, uh, he's caught over 200 passes, over 3,000 yards, receiving. So very interesting to kind of look back and uh, and see what the draft of 2016 actually yielded. Well, big surprise news this week on the television front. TNT has swooped in to be the second partner for the National Hockey League, ESPN got back in the NHL business, and they're the bigger player in this contract. It was thought NBC would take a lesser role and remain in the mix, but they did not want to double their investment. So Turner Sports now adds the NHL into the mix with March Madness, the NBA, uh, 
in Major League Baseball, they've got quite a portfolio going. Really, the only big thing they don't have is the NFL. Uh, so that is uh, very interesting to see uh, how that new contract uh, will work out. And uh, they'll get three of the Stanley Cup playoffs over the seven-year deal. And uh, also they'll get a mix in uh, an HBO Max series. So there'll be some streaming activity going on there as well. So new after this season, new landscape for the NHL as far as television is concerned. And they'll benefit greatly from being back on ESPN because they'll get more coverage. Because if you don't, if you're not on ESPN, you get the little, you know, two minute, you know, gratuitous mention and quick highlights here and there. But uh, they don't cover you wall to wall like they do the NBA, which they are very, very heavily invested in. And before we get to Scott Lynn, I want to make a little uh, shout out to a new friend of the program, Sam Meisner. He is with Customized Woodwork. Uh, in fact, my friend Keith uh, turned me on to him. Uh, he built a wine bar for Keith that uh, just looked gorgeous. And I've been thinking about, you know, getting a new desk and decided, well, you know, I think I'm going to ask Sam if he can do a customized desk for me. So I am actually doing my first podcast from the new desk setup uh nice little l shape with a uh, bookshelf on the uh, on the l side it's a uh, beautifully stained in english chestnut a beautiful color and the woodwork is fantastic i'm very happy with this desk i you know had an old computer desk i've been using for like the last 20 years and it was nice to kind of now i have space and it's uh, just a beautiful desk. You can actually see it on his website. And uh, it, he is customized woodwork. And because his name is Meisner, he uses Z instead of S. So it's customized with a Z woodwork. Customized woodwork shop. Let me try that again. It's customized woodwork dot shop. Www.customized with a Z woodwork dot shop. Go to the site. You'll be able to see what my desk looks like. What Keith's bar looks like. He does TV consoles, uh, dog bowl holders, kennels, uh, tables, all sorts of great woodwork stuff out there. So uh, make sure you check out uh, Sam's work. And uh, I can highly recommend him for the job he did on my beautiful, beautiful desk. And now my pleasure to welcome back to the show... Scott Lynn, he is of the Lynn Murray Sully Podcast. I bring him into Philadelphia Freedom because he is a Philadelphia native, longtime Eagles fan, and of course, uh, Scott is a longtime fixture in national sports talk radio and the D.C. market as well. Scott, it is great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Mr. Allen, it is always an absolute pleasure. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm always good uh, when I get to have guys like you on the show. Oh, please. It's very nice of you to say, and it's always cool to be hanging out. Yes, absolutely. So uh, thought I'd run through some recent events just to get some quick uh, thoughts uh, from you. Uh, first of all, we'll go back to the beginning of the year in the Super Bowl and uh, Tom Brady winning another one. Um, are, are, do you have Tom Brady fatigue like I do? <laughs> you know what? Obviously, it's real easy to have Tom Brady fatigue. I was pulling for him. I, I, I got the sense just sort of as a fan, and I know he's, he's obviously a different cat. He doesn't need people to root for him. But I just kind of thought that after the, 
I don't want to call it divorce, but parting of the ways with the Patriots, that there was a lot of doubt. Oh, this will never work. I was glad that it worked. I, you know, it, it's trust me, of all the guys, Jeff, that you and I have ever covered, talked about, kicked around, put on pedestals. He doesn't need the Rocky underdog, you know, uh, a T-shirt to go along with his story. But it did feel that. All right, old man. All right. Uh, you know, in the face of a pandemic, how things started, you know, in a park getting busted. Hey, that's Tom Brady walking into the Byron Leftwich's neighbor's house. And you just sort of think about how the, you know, the, the, the meme that's ever popular with how it started, where we are now. Did we think it was going to wind up like that? No. And so I'm okay with being pleasantly surprised. Plus, their defense was really, really good. You know, I was glad for Leonard Fournette. I was, you know, was I glad for everybody on that team? No, but I was glad that it worked out the way it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, it was great to have March Madness back this year. You know, when the pandemic hit last year, March Madness was kind of like ripped from us. You know, like such a gut-wrenching blow not to have the tournament. And we went without sports for a while. And this year we got we got it back and it was uh, so glorious and great to hear and see Cinderella stories and some, you know, Gonzaga getting to the final, Baylor winning a national championship. What was your takeaway on the uh, on March Madness this year? Uh, much like you, sir, I was so glad that it went on. Uh, you know, I, my, my bracket, I think I just, I think, see the chair that I'm sitting in right now? I think I just rolled over my bracket again. And I know <laughs> it's, it's much like vacation photos. No one cares about your bracket. I was bummed. I was happy that the tournament went off. I was not happy when there was a, a, a VCU, you know, cancellation, postponement, not postponement, but cancellation that COVID had to just get one more sort of, you know, claw, if you will. That bummed me out. It bummed me out for, for those student athletes. I, I didn't want anybody to move on in a walkover. Um, I was not happy with Illinois' play. Not that I'm some Big Ten expert, but I think a lot of us, and again, bracket donation whatever i expected better i you know everybody and their mom who had this chance to redo and get to the tournament this year and look what we missed last year and for some kids it was new faces in brand new places and all that other cool stuff it was great you would have thought that everybody would have come out like a house of fire and that there would have been top level from the top teams all of the time and sadly that that wasn't it just wasn't the case. Full credit to Loyola of Chicago and what they did on that Sunday afternoon against Illinois. But I honestly, Jeff, I, I expected the best from the best teams all the time. Again, going back to, oh, we didn't get our opportunity to show you what we could have done last year. Kudos to Baylor. That was that was insane. You know, I, I mean, I, I, there was a blast. It was a blast to watch so many teams do well. I was glad that Maryland won a game. I was not glad that they were rolled by Alabama. Alabama was, you know, I mean, I, I think about it. And you probably sat around and did this with your friends. You're watching round by round, game by game. You're going, damn, that's the best team I've seen in weeks. And then they go out and they lose the next game. <laughs> it, was, it was just so much fun to have it back. Would it have been better with fans? Duh. Of course, but I was glad to eat. Even even the cold pizza was still pizza, sir. So it was still fine by me. Yeah, that's good stuff. And uh, and then in April, I know you're not a golf nerd, but we got the Masters uh, uh, back in the springtime after a, a little winter foray last year. At least we got the Masters in last year. And uh, you know Hideki Matsuyama 
first Japanese player to ever win the Masters. Uh, so that ends up being quite a story uh, in getting the Masters back in the spring. Definitely so. And you, like myself, while I'm not a golf nerd, I'm certainly a golf appreciator. And I have very good friends who love and have taught me more and more and more about the game. And my youngest is now a huge fan of of the game. So we go out and we hit balls at the very least as often as we can, which is a very cool thing. But um, the picture of Matsuyama's caddy with and the video of him bowing on 18 after he, he took the flag. That was beyond cool, Jeff. That's, you know, I, I, again, awesome to see that. Awesome to see him do well. Um, awesome to see the guys, especially one guy who just wreaked havoc during the November Masters, not make the cut. You know, this is totally different course. And there were guys that struggled. There were guys that made things interesting. Uh, you know, g- great stories throughout. And it, I was I was glad that we got it back. And again, you know, we can talk about the fans, no fans, some semblance of fans. I was happy with what I got. I, I you know, I also loved seeing the the ceremonial tea uh, with with Mr. Elder and Nicholas and player. And that was uh, a, a very cool moment on that Thursday morning. And we're recording on a Wednesday and the NFL draft is on Thursday and uh, a little bit more of a normal draft. Uh, you know, you think about last year's draft. Okay, Jeff, it's normal. <laughs> yes. And it's in last year's draft, you know, came at a time when we had no sports. So it was a big, big shot in the arm to have that. And then the way that ESPN pulled it off uh, with, with all the virtual action and Trey Wingo doing a masterful job, uh, you know, it's it's almost going to seem a little strange. I hope they carry some of that over uh, mm-hmm. and keep some of that alive because it was refreshing. But uh, what are your thoughts as we go into uh, the 2021 draft? I mean, the, the, the intimacy that we got to experience last year and the raw emotion and granted, again, super downsized kids in their living room. But you got to see. You know, you got to see mom and pop and grandma and grandpa, and you got to see some brothers and sisters. And granted, you get to see them in a different light when everybody's all dressed up and sitting around those tables and what have you. Pretty cool. I I really liked last year. Again, and we came to work with so much to talk about, meme-worthy stuff. Um, from uh, and now I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The the interesting family, and I can see his face. Uh, Titans head coach, former Patriot Vrabel. Yeah. Uh, you know, the interesting family setup that he had. One kid may have been in the bathroom. Another <laughs> one had the wrestling getup going on. There was a girl. There was two guys. There was it was it was craziness, but it was hysterically funny. You know, seeing them, uh, seeing Belichick's dog sit at the chair at the table. <laughs> We're not going to get that this year, Jeff. So I, I, you know, I hope that there are a couple wrinkles up the sleeve as far as the TV broadcast goes. I'm glad there's hugging back. Um, you know, Goodell in his basement, little, uh, little fireside chattish, little, little Rooseveltish. You know, Roger's not the most exciting. I'm <laughs> glad at least he gets to do the hugs because he's fully vaccinated. Play on player, as they like to say. Uh, but uh, you know, other thoughts. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, so much, you know. I, I I'm not going to sit here and be your draft guru. You got other player, other people who know far far more about that stuff. But to hear Kyle Shanahan this week, yeah, we got five options, bro. 
again, as as I told Zabe, that's like somebody handing that's like Zabe as a kid handing his parents back the Sears wish book at Christmas and circling all the pages. This is what I would like for Christmas. Thank you, Stephen. Good call. We got five options. Five. I could have told you that. I got, I got 15. Okay, Kyle, I guess that makes me better than you. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I want to see what happens after one. I want to see what happens after two. We're going to go quarterbacks in a row. Uh, will there be trade-ups? I, I, always, always a lot of cloak and dagger stuff. You know, uh, Brian Mitchell, who, with whom I used to work, always called it lying season. I, I don't know. I, uh, I talked to my friend Steve Solomon about this, where, you know, you have a coach, you have a general manager, and they all come out, and they've all got something to say. And it's okay if you say you like five guys. I mean, I'm mocking, but whatever. Make, make everybody think that you're interested in everything. That way, if somebody is crazy enough to offer you a last-second deal, play the poker, Jeff. Play it. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. And, uh, you know, I know you're a, a longtime Eagles fan, and uh, I'm sure you'll be anxious to see what they do in the draft. But, uh, you know, this is a team not far removed away from winning the Super Bowl. And then the bottom fell out, you know, yes. new coach and Nick Sirianni, Doug Peterson's out. What ultimately do you think led to the demise of the Eagles? What, what happened there? It's a really good question. I mean, it just depends on what you believe. It depends on what you read. Um, you know, did Doug want his own guys to stay in the, in his own, in his own vision, his own positions, you know, uh, whether it was an OC, whether it was a quarterback's coach, well, we'd like to bring in these. No, no, no. I, I, I want these type of guys. Uh, was Jeffrey Lurie, um, you know, a, a, a meddlesome owner. Uh, that that sort of shocked all of us because, you know, go back two years and he was one of the gold star owners in the National Football League. I don't know if we'll ever know. I just know that I enjoy reading the stories about the behind the scenes cattiness. And, you know, it, it bugs me as a fan because I, I don't like to see I don't like to see successful coaches move on. Was that the biggest Peterson guy? No, not really. But the opening press conference from Coach Sirianni scares me, Jeff. I'll, I'll just leave it at that, you know, and, and it's, it's, the video has been played over and over and over again about how he likes smart players and, you know, he's, here's what he expects. And, and I'm thinking, goodness gracious, man, just don't stop talking. And then the stuff with Jalen Hurts and, well, we're going to have competition. Coach, do me a favor. Don't talk until after the first win. You don't, you know, Wentz is gone. Did you really think that there's going to be an open competition between Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts? The answer is no. Don't don't do that. You you, you know, you made your bed, lie in it, get them better. It it is sad to me that they've gone from on a lot of people's pedestal to now this pseudo dumpster fire. I, I want to see what the draft brings, and I want to see what what training camp looks like in the first couple of weeks, and then I'll reserve right to just go. Oh, no, I've become a fan of a team that really is terrible. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring Shaggy into this. <laughs> so was, uh, so you're saying Sirianni uh, was almost Adam Gase opening press conference level. <laughs> yes, yes. He wasn't, uh, who is it, Dan Campbell? Is that the Lions head coach now? Yeah, yeah he, he was up. He, yeah, he wasn't Campbell talking about biting people and eating <laughs> legs or something like that. But this was this was very dicey to me, Jeff. So dicey, borderline frightening. Again, hey, they, they think that he's 
You know, I, I, I don't know what they think because, you know, you, you read so much about him going in and he could be this type of guy. But there were other guys who had his metrics in an advanced state already. You know, don't say don't whatever. You're the owner. Hire the coach. I'm just a fan. I'll watch from afar. Then I'll judge. Let's talk a little baseball. I know you're a Phillies fan. You you covered the Nationals for a long time. I'm a Braves fan, so I'm always interested in what's happening in the NL East. The Mets are, you know, spending money. Uh, this could be a very interesting division race this year. Yeah, definitely so. I think what's impressed me the most about the Phils in the early going, and I know we're taping this the night before the draft, but Zach Eflin has been a, a pleasant surprise. You know, you think of the Phils rotation, you're like, tick, tick, tick. Oh, wait, him too. I forgot. And all he needed was some run support. I Obviously, I want them to hit better on a more regular basis. Uh, you asked about the Nationals. The game on Tuesday of this week, which in which Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit three home runs, there was a muff in the outfield that should just never happen. I think it was Josh Harrison, and it was Little League worthy. Uh, also, what frustrated me about that is, as somebody smarter than I put this on Twitter, this is a DH game. And the Nats still dressed or, or batted, started three guys, Mendoza or under. Jeff, help me here. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're all baseball fans. And one of those guys is Kyle Schwarber. I know you got to get him going, as Davey Martinez said. You know, I mean, Soto's on the injured list. Obviously, that's going to sting. Strasburg's on the injured list. You did have a handful of guys at the beginning of the season for Washington who were missing time because of whatever, whether it was COVID or whether they just weren't healthy. I'll just leave it at that. So you got Schwarber, you got Bell, you got Harrison. They they all need to check in regularly. As soon as they got healthy, they got unhealthy with Strauss and Soto. So, you know, call it bad luck. I'm, I'm impressed that they're hanging out near the 500 mark, uh, all, all things considered. You know, Scherzer, I don't, I, you know, whatever. I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, bullpen's been better, uh, especially with Mr. Hand, as they like to call him on our, our regional sports network. Um, Robles is a, is a question. He's got these base running errors and the hitting and whatnot. So, you know, it, it's fun. I, it, it's, it's always fun. I'm just, I'm just glad that, again, return to some semblance of normalcy. You know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what a healthy Max Fried will do for the Braves. I know he's been gone for a little bit. He's due back in a, a week or two. But, you know, they got guys. They got guys. They got pitchers. Um, Mets over the long haul. If Alonzo gets going, I think things perhaps can do can can be a little different. And then the other guy, I mean, you're you know, you want to give Degrom the MVP right now and the Cy Young. You can. I, I I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty damn good, that's for sure. Um, and and I'm sure you'll appreciate this story. You know, when the when the Phillies were playing uh, the Braves. Uh, in Atlanta, uh, a, a fan was uh, trying to rag on Bryce and says, uh, you're not as good as Acuna. And Bryce just says, his name is Acuna Jr. <laughs> it's like, I like the fact that, you know, Bryce is playing along. That's kind of cool. No, it, it definitely. I mean, you know, he, he'd 
I don't want to say he'd run his course, but I will say he'd run his course in D.C. And, and, you know, we used to open the phones periodically. Hey, what's he doing? Oh, he's not doing well. And people would just let him have it. Glad he's gone. You know, with Robles and Soto, we're happy. We understood. And then Rendon left and they're like, yeah, maybe we should have kept somebody with some punch because there are nights. I mean, the Nats have been shut out their unfair share already. And there are questions with their lineup when they're not healthy. Do they have enough power, enough punch? Then you see Harper. He's doing okay. I haven't checked his average or his homers of late, but I know he's been contributing. Could he contribute more? Jeff, I think that's the, you know, the the stigma or the the sort of baggage that he carries. Whatever he does, I don't think it's gonna ever be enough. And and the DC fan will rub it in the Philly fans' face because of it. Mm. Well, one of the things that, you know, listening over the years to, to you, Zabe and Solly, is uh the, the topic of replay. I know you're pro replay, I know Zabe's anti replay. Yes. I probably fall more on the side of anti-replay, but I think why I'm anti-replay is because I'm like anti-execution of the replay because to me, I think that's the biggest problem with replay is the way it's executed and it's executed badly in all sports, it seems like. Yeah. You you and I, 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 and again, I am pro-replay, but I, I align myself more with you. I just want them to get it right. Uh, I recently recorded with Zabe and Solly, and he showed us the home plate video of, I think it was the A's Mariners. I forget who was, had the play at the plate. Clearly, the Oakland player touches home plate and then is tagged out by the catcher. Touch, tag. All of us agreed. Why can't they get it right in the booth? I think he was called out, it was challenged, and it was upheld as out. I, I, right now, I'm you know between gigs, as they like to say. I'm available to be a replay official. You know, we don't like that call. We all saw Michael Conforto of the Mets against the Marlins with the elbow, and then they won in a walk-off fashion. Guy put his arm in the middle of the plate. Did made no effort. Blocked the strike zone. They went, you know, and, and I don't think it's it's even a replayable, if you will, you know, play. And Mattingly went ballistic, and rightfully so. Again, when stuff like that happens, oh, boo, replay. We all saw what happened. The cameras weren't necessarily needed. That was frustrating. I, you know, I get people's annoyance that it's become a crutch. I get people's annoyance that every time somebody steals second, they want to appeal. They want to appeal. I trust me. I get all that. I want streamlined games too. I want them to get it right. We've got all this great technology, Jeff. And again, you watch tons of it. You don't need all this great technology. Eh. I didn't really, I wasn't really paying attention. I'm going to call him out. Bro, at first glance, we all saw he was out at the plate. You don't, well, you know what? If somebody wants to challenge it, let's do it. I agree it's become a crutch. I, I agree with so many of the things that people, you know, throw the stones at the, at the nest of, of replay. But for goodness sakes, we all agreed that it was an out. We, it was an elbow in the middle. Change your rules. Change the person upstairs help help the system do what it's supposed to you know that's when everybody comes back to me and says oh ban the system i'm sorry we all agreed that the cameras got it right correct well yes then get a new person up there because they're the ones that are in the wrong yeah i think that's the most frustrating thing especially when they take these long exhausting periods of time and you're going, what are they doing? <laughs> no, I'm, trust me, I'm with you. I, you know, we got great technology. We got cameras everywhere. They're like, you know, and then you hear the guys in the booth, or, or, you know, and, and they're up there. No, it looks like, uh, looks like they're going to overturn this one. And then they all walk back and they go, nope, not overturned. I'm thinking, 
how did we all just agree that it should be overturned? Eh, you know, but I, I mean, Zabe's point is, and I get it too. They don't want to sell out. They don't want to incriminate, you know, and, and make their friends on the field look terrible. They can do that all by themselves, but it's, it's super frustrating. I, I want, I want quick calls. I want right calls, but I get people's frustration with the system. Yeah. Well, I got a crusade that I'm looking to start and I want to get your take on this. And that is, I would like to see bottom lines eliminated from broadcasts on sports TV because they seem to be taking up more and more real estate. Mm -hmm. And to me, you know, we can get all this information on at our fingertips. And if they popped it, if they did it at 28 and 58, like the old days, right. I could live with that. Right. Okay. With that. So let me ask you a question here in, in DC, we have NBC sports, Washington, uh, home of the wizards and the capitals. Uh, we have Masson, the mid Atlantic sports network, which runs the Orioles and the, uh, then, and the nationals. So we don't have the B for Bally. Did Bally suddenly buy up the majority because it does seem, too, that their fonts and their graphics package take up more real estate. Yeah, so I think it was Sinclair that, that bought all the old Fox regionals, and okay. then they sold the naming rights to Bally. So that's uh, where all that came, came into play. Yeah, and they do the Bally bar, which is, you know, part score bug and then part bottom line, and it's way too much going on. I totally agree. I, 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 yes, if there's something that we can change that, you know, a little, little more sleek. I mean, again, we, you and I have been around for a little while. We've watched plenty on the screens. I'm okay even with a rotating score bug. Transparent, though. I want to see, you know, the, the opacity. Uh, it's, it's okay if you got six letters. Oak, uh, you know, uh, uh, the St. Louis STL, and it's sort of rotating, but it's soft and it's appealing to the eye and doesn't take up i don't need you know if it's a no hitter fine let me know what's going on a lot of people are blessed with mlb network or nhl network if they want to see the on the fly type things where you know you got sort of the red zone from seven to ten god bless man you'll go go and tune over to that but most of the time you just want to see your teams play totally understand yeah because i kind of picked up on that like watching stuff on espn plus because they don't run the bottom line on the on a lot of those broadcasts and it's like my god this looks so much better (laughs) oh i'm with you i'm with you i I don't i have plus i don't watch it as much as i should watch it and that's on me maybe Mm -hmm. i'll start tonight yeah. Well, one of the things I always look forward to is a Scott Lynn tweet on a Friday night, because usually you're uh, showing a picture of an IPA. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so how many IPAs have you tried? And what would you say are like your top two or three? If you oh, have? man, the how many we're, we're in the hundreds, Jeff. Um, I'm on an app called Untapped. A lot of beer people are. Uh, I, I joined Untapped. It's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And you can friend me. I think I'm still at Scotland 980, which is my old Twitter, whatever. Please friend me. I joined so I could learn more about it. Um, I'm not, you know, I, 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 trust me, I'm not a wine person, but I like wine. Uh, you know, when you go to the fancy restaurants, you have the sommelier who comes out and tells you what goes well with what and, and incredible descriptions. And you have to take 87 million levels of certification. Beer has something called a Cicerone. Uh, which again, you got to take a lot of tests and you have to be familiar with everything and every style. And I am envious of the knowledge that these folks impart. 
So I joined Untapped, not because I wanted to be a Cicerone, just because I wanted to know more about it. And I've actually pulled back a little bit. I still go on, but I don't post as much. It's kind of like, you know, a check-in for your drink. And it says, tell us about this. And they've got all the breweries and all the variations and whether it's a Saison or an IPA or a lager or an adjunct lager or a stout or a barrel-aged stout. And now I'm running amok and I'm getting too beer nerdy. So I apologize. No worries. I, I like it. <laughs> I do prefer IPAs above all else. Um, I love different hops. There are a couple hops that I'm meh on and, and, you know, I'll, I'll still drink it and I'll say thank you, but I love, I love Citra. I love Strata. Um, you know, the, the, there's other varieties. There's Centennial, there's Falcon, there's Simcoe, there's 80 trillion. And I'm, I'm not even going to get close to naming all of them. But I just, I, you got I you know, what was it? The, the sugar smacks. I got to have my pops. I got to have my hops. So <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Um, you know, yes, there have been hundreds. Uh, top couple. I mean, Pliny the Elder out of, uh, out, of, out of California, a delicious set of Russian River Brewery. It's delicious whenever you can get your hands on it. And I have a, a dear uh, podcast supporter, Angel, who is nice enough to share. I have a, a, a good beer angel friend from Southern California who's been nice enough to share some amazing stuff. Uh, we couldn't always get modern times in Maryland. Now, luckily, we've started to get modern times in Maryland. But there are amazing things. Slice, I think it's out of Lincoln, California. Ridiculous stuff. Um Treehouse out of Massachusetts, they're probably my, they and, and Pliny are probably my two favorites. Um, they make, you know, Treehouse makes Julius, and then they have spelling variations with lots of L's and lots of S's, and they make something called Haze, and they make something called The Perfect Storm. Look them up. It's delicious. You can only get it there. I, luckily, I have a friend who lives not too far from me, and he has a kid who goes to B.C., so there are trips to Massachusetts every couple months. In fact, as we sit here, you know, the night before the draft, I think the kid's going to eventually come home for the summer. So my buddy's going to go up and pack his kid up. He said, you know what? I, I think I'm going to go to Treehouse on the way home. So fingers crossed. But I mean, I can recommend. I mean, you know, you're, you're down there in Atlanta. Sweetwater is very solid. Um, Tropicalia Creature Comforts is dynamite. Uh, so, you know. There, there are so many good options. That's the best part. With the breweries popping up, lots of great beer, Jeff. Lots. Yeah, there is. As um, you can tell, I'm a fan of this topic, so we can do a, a beer podcast another time. You let me know. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. So one thing I you know, listened to you guys over the years was introduce the introduction of the three TV man cave. You know, <laughs> I'm still sitting on two because I haven't been able to get the CFO to approve said third purchase, but uh, uh you know, two is great, but three has got to be Nirvana. <laughs> Three's Nirvana. You mentioned the, uh, you know, March Madness in the earlier part of this podcast. And that is an event made for three TVs. Actually, it's made for four. So you get the app on a tablet and then you can watch the staggered games. The staggered games are great for three TVs. NFL Sunday is amazing for three TVs. And you don't even have to have the package all you need is, and I don't know whoever your cable provider is, as long as you have a red zone, whether it's Hanson, whether it's DirecTV and our friend Andrew Siciliano doing that red zone, God bless. You put the red zone on one screen, you put the opposite game on, and then, you know, because we are indoctrinated, and yes, I'm an Eagles fan, and I love when the Eagles are on, but they're not on all the time. So I can't always 
see the Eagles live through, you know, direct TV. When they play Washington, wonderful. I'm honored. I'm, you know, it's a blessing. Um, when Washington's got a national game, usually we do get the Eagles. But yeah, it's Nirvana. I mean, and I may have told you this before. One of the greatest things that I ever did get. The soundbar is lovely, but for 25 bucks, it's a little clicker. And you get it on Amazon. It's an audio switcher, Jeff. Oh. So you, you you basically, and I've become a, a, a caption fan because big screen's got the audio. That's it. You know, you want to watch Washington and the Giants? Fine. Audio is on. The other two have captioning just in case. You know, I'm, I'm scanning. Oh, what a completion by Brady, blah, 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 something, anything. And then you're, oh, is this interesting? You can make your own red zone, basically. But the, the little clicker has a one, a two, and a three, novel. And then, so basically, you just switch the audio. You go from big screen to screen two, screen three, and we're all good. That's what commercials are for, sir. You flip off the audio. I, you know, I mean, don't tell the advertisers, but they've lost my attention for, you know, the, the good two minutes when everybody goes to break. Yeah, what I do is, uh, uh, you know, and I wish they would make this available, and maybe they will when they go to more streaming with Sunday Ticket and things like that, is to make the radio calls available because I will, you know, stake up my satellite radio uh, when I watch the Cowboys to hear Brad Shim and Babel Offenberg. It's, it's much more enjoyable to, to do the game that right. way. I, I, I'm with you. And, you know, I mean, I know Zabe's big into syncing with the audio call, and I'm certain that there are plenty of people that do it. I would like, and well, I mean, we know why not, because these networks pay a, a, a bleep ton for their package. So they're not going to be so friendly. And, and then, you know, all right, so you're listening to an out-of-market game on, on a stream. Okay, cool. What do they do with the commercials? Well, again, the NFL makes money by all those beer commercials and what have you. Hey, you got you to gotta stay in touch and you got to stay in tune for, for Pepsi and for Coca-Cola and for whomever the, you know, USAA. I, I get why it's not going to be allowed, but you're right, man. That'd be awesome if I could listen to Merrill Reese during an Eagles game that I'm watching through a, a red zone type of app. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So, of course, you know, you do uh, uh, regular podcasts, uh, the Lynn Murray Solly podcast. Uh, and I know you and Solly have, uh, have been doing some uh, Zabecast work of late, uh, you know, and I miss hearing you guys. I would used to, you know, uh, would listen to at least an hour of your show on 980 uh, at least once a day. So I miss hearing you guys on a regular basis. So it's kind of good to, you know, I mean, to be able to hear you, hear you three together. Oh, um, no, you're, you're very nice to say that. And I mean, I, I talked about it on the Lynn Murray Sally podcast. I, I, I love, I love my friends and Zabe, you know, I, I, I talked a little, I talked a lot about it on our podcast and Zabe will cut a snippet of the, of the Zabe cast with us in the van. Jeff, I got to tell you, I've never seen, and not that I spend a lot of time in RVs, but I've never seen a vehicle like his. It's, <laughs> We've all seen the Amazon vans, the big, you know, the big vans. Today, he pulls up at my house, just like he did, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we first got in the van. And it is beyond comfortable. There are two captain's chairs behind the driver and the passenger. And there's a curtain because he's filming and, you know, you don't need any lights and whatever distraction. I totally get it. Lots of sun. And today it was 
oh my goodness, it was like 87 degrees in D.C. It was, it was, it was amazing, but it felt, you know, July worthy. Anyway, he closes the curtain. Sally and I have our back to that curtain. We look at him. He's got this great setup with the, this Rode Podcaster machine that you can look it up on the internet. An amazing little machine. It's got a lot of microphone ins for those of you who are tech geeks. He can record the podcast right there. He syncs up the audio or he's got live audio in and he snippets the video. There's cameras all over. So we're, you know, we're able to, he's able to see and multi-camera cutaways. The best feature is Zabe's got a, a screen mirror. He's got his laptop. So, you know, and, and you know how much of a whiz he is when he interjects the Sopranos videos or the Simpsons videos or what have you. He's got sound bites at the ready, but he'll type quickly. And then all of a sudden there's a sound bite and he brings up the pot and we're watching the sound bite on a Vizio monitor in the van. And Steve is face, Zabe is face towards the front of the van. Jeff, it's really, really cool. And it's so comfortable. The air's on. I mean, I, I you know, someone apprised me, uh, one of our nice listeners apprised me of the situation that this thing probably gets 10, maybe 11 miles to the gallon. <laughs> and it has to sit there and idle with the AC on and all the power draining. But damn, it's comfortable in there. And like I said, the fact that I get to talk to my friends for an hour, hour and 10 minutes, and we're just BSing like nothing, you know, no time has passed. I love those guys. And, you know, we, like I said, we just taped another one. And if we can get into the regular rotation, awesome. Happy, yeah. happy to do it. Very happy to do it. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll keep you from being behind the paywall because Right now, I'm paying you. I'm not paying him. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, it's I, you know, it's, I, I uh, whatever. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm. I, I say that in just obvious. No, of course, of course. No, I get it. And and I, how, however, it's got to work. I'm, you know, I, I'm happy to show up, and I'm happy that he'll do some home and homes for us too, which is just cool. You know what? What I loved, and people are always like, "Well, why don't you guys just do it five days a week?" Sally's working all the time. Zabe's working on his Milwaukee gig and he's got other guests and he's got other uh, obligations with his podcast. He does a power lunch at a local Palm in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Um, had our friend Bram Weinstein, the voice of the Washington football team on most recently. Uh, before that, Adrian Dantley's been a guest of the power lunch. I mean, he's got some heavy hitters. I, I want to graduate to the power lunch, Jeff. I like steak. <laughs> Well, you know, you guys worked together for a lot of years and you, of course, you know, and guys like, you know, Tim Murray have been in the mix and Al Goldie and things like that. The chemistry between you guys, was it something that just happened immediately? Because it, it, it sounds like it. You know? It's a really good question. What my first exposure to Zabe was in 99 when he was an update guy for the station and You'll ask, and you can ask Zabe, and he he retells. He's like, "Oh my God, I was terrible at updates because I I have so much more to say," and and I was trying to help him and and try to help him pin him down. Zabe is Zabe is free range. He's a free range chicken. He needs the whole barnyard to run around. You can't put that man in a coop and say, "Here, just do the updates and keep your opinions to yourself." So my exposure to him was that. Then uh, we were hired by Fox Sports Radio in. June of 2002 and our bosses came to us and said, you know, I, I have a vision for the show. And, you know, I was then doing the updates and I was Steve's wingman. I just, you know, he's a pleasure to work with and he's got so many ideas, Jeff, that you're, you just, you sit back and you laugh or you go, brother, you got to rein that stuff in. Cause that's just plain crazy. Um, 
But the chemistry, I, I mean, it took time, but I also am a firm believer that if there isn't an Insta spark, you can kind of tell. There's got to be there's got to be a there there. And with Steve, there was a there there, and it only got better through the years. And you know, I was talking to my insurance agent the other day because Justin, uh, my my middle, our middle, just got his driver's license, and he is a was a long time lover of the show. And every time we call him, I'm just asking about homeowners and car policy. And he's like, all right, we're done with business. Let me ask you about the show. And we always start talking and, and reminiscing. And he's a, he's a huge sports fan. And I, I, I got time for him. Of course, I, I love talking to him. Um, but he, he brought up the chemistry as well. He's like, you know, you guys finish these other sentences and, and you always knew what he was thinking before he was thinking. And you would just say, no, stop, stop, stop. But then you also knew, you know, when to let Steve be Steve. And trust me, I, you know, that that's, that's something that you learn. And he's, he's just an easy guy to do a show with. So there are, and you know, we both have been around a lot of different microphones and a lot of different studios. And I mean, you and myself and Zabe and Solly, and there's people that you sit down next to and you're like, Hey, you're very nice. This, you know, you can just get a vibe like, eh, it's kind of like pulling teeth or it's just kind of forced. And, and thank God it was never, ever, ever, ever forced. You know, I, I, I he believed in saving it for the show. We did very little. And I know people are always like, oh, you guys prepped beautifully. We would talk about a couple of things and just, but before we would, you know, we would let drips come out of the faucet. And then, and then before we would turn the faucet on, he's like, stop. I, I, let me know in, in segment two. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to, I don't want to use it. I don't want, I don't care. I, we'll, we'll do it then. And he was a firm believer of, as he said, SIFTA, save it for the air. And I, I, I loved it. I lo- hey, it was uh, it was a very great almost, you know, we were with him on the national airwaves for 14 years and then locally from 02 to 20. So God bless. It was an amazing, amazing time. Yeah, good times indeed. And great for the listeners as well. Um, so please, before you run, give me uh, uh, some sh- uh, shameless plugs for your podcast. And, uh, sure, of course. And uh, yes, um, I, you know, I'm still doing it with Solly of, uh, you know, Lynn Murray Solly podcast. It's on Patreon. It is subscription. If you can, thank you. And if you can't, I understand. And then periodically we're uh, hanging out with Zabe and, you know, having fun. And then, you know, a lot of people were, and this is something that I, I wanted to talk about with Steve. When you are let go from a radio job, especially one, Jeff, I was so lucky to do it for 27 years, 27 years. It was amazing. There were so many nice people who emailed, oh, you'll land on your feet. And for, to them, I say, God bless you. And thank you for the kind words. And there are others who, oh, another station will pick you up. And trust me, I appreciate the optimism, but it is a changing world. It is a changing media landscape. I wish that it was that easy. And it's something that I wanted to explore further with Zabe that, you know, we're, we're, we're like chefs. And, and I don't even want to say that because I have too much respect for chefs, but I'm, I'm like a, a you know, I'm a, I'm a chef, but I can only cook, finish kosher food, and I have to do it out of the back of a deli. And sadly, there are, there are not a lot of finished kosher delis in the way of, you know, that there are only a few sports stations. And when they start to consolidate, sadly, they, you know, 
They, they, they swallow up the jobs. The pandemic was a terrible thing. Not for me. I, again, I was, I was lucky. I, my wife is working and, and I was able to network and, and I'll have a gig, not in radio, but I, you know, I'm going to be my own boss. And I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you more about that next time. Um, I'm getting into content creation and fingers crossed. I'm able to pull it off. And one man band and being your own boss is something that I always wanted to do. So it'll be neat. But back to the, you know, the, the jobs that would have opened up during a pandemic, either they were eliminated or people didn't go anywhere because they couldn't. So there's, there's usually a decent amount of, of turnover. Trust me, as I started to tell Zabe, I networked with friends at XM. I networked with friends at, at XM Sirius at other stations. There was so little available. And, and again, I, 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 I am thankful for what I had. So it, it just it was a very difficult time to do it. I'm not asking anybody to feel sorry for me. Like I said, man, I got to do it for almost three decades. It was a it was an amazing sports radio career. And I made a lot of great friends and it's it's OK. You know, I, I, want, I got I got to kick ass at my new gig, of course, and and do things that I've never really done before. So. We'll and, we get to, and we get to hear you in the world of podcasting still. Exactly. So yeah, I'm still here. I'm yes. still here, and then that's and that's and that's neat. But you know, I, I I wanted to like further explain that to anybody who will listen. Everybody's like, oh, you'll you'll be snapped up, man. If it was that easy, but the pandemic was very very tough on the sports radio landscape. As it was, hello, tens of millions of people lost their job and people lost their lives. Not I'm I'm not like oh it's poor. No, sitting about me. It was. It was very difficult for a lot of people, sir. Well, you mentioned being a chef, and you know, I you, I interrupted your cooking dinner uh, the, for you to be on the on my podcast. Oh, my. Uh, what, what is for dinner tonight, Scott? Oh, you're, you're, if, if this was the same cast, he'd laugh, and you may laugh too. While I love meat, and we, you know, I, you know, I, I love corned beef and pastrami, and I love deli. And the other night, I grilled great burgers, and my boys were so happy. My daughter, our daughter, will be picked up from James Madison University this weekend. She'll come home. She's like, what are we having for dinner Sunday night? Can, can you please grill steaks? I would love that. Tonight, though, is tofu with black beans and rice, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you can chuckle all you want my friend it's okay it's a staple on the lynn weekly rotation the boys love it the 11th grader loves it the sixth grader loves it my wife is a um she's a pescatarian she eats fish and she eats vegetables so tofu with black beans and rice you know what i've had worse things and if you put cholula and pete's hot sauce all over it it tastes like spicy black beans and rice tofu Ooh, you have okay. to get around the texture and we don't fry it. We just put it in and it, it's, it's fine. It has, it's like mushroomy texture. If you like mushrooms, it doesn't have any taste. It absorbs the taste of the black beans and rice. So we got our Zatarain and, uh, and, and we're ready. So that's what's that you asked my friend you asked hey, hey i love black beans and rice i've, I've never had tofu to be honest with you so I, you know what like i said it's totally not offensive it has no taste it just has a mushy squishy mushroomy texture whatever well, there you go well enjoy enjoy the meal with the family and uh, scott as always i really appreciate you being on of course it is my pleasure stay safe and i'll talk to you soon and we'll come right back with the tv theme right after this no republicans no democrats no team from washington no team with a star on the side of their head we don't even talk about alpha and beta storms around here and if you believe all of that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Captain and company in the morning, join me 9 to noon 
Weekday mornings on OldSchool101.com because class is always in session around here. Virus or no virus. The theme from Home Improvements. They're starting Tim Allen. Series ran on ABC from 1991 to 1999. 204 half-hour episodes spanning eight seasons. Based on uh, Tim Taylor's uh, comedy back in that day. And this, of course, made him not only a TV star, but eventually became a movie star in the Santa Claus movies. And the series centers on the Taylor family, which begins of Tim, who uh, likes to grunt, his wife Jill, their three kids, Brad, Randy, and Mark. Patricia Richardson played his wife. The kids played by Zachary Ty Bryan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and Taryn Noah Smith. Yes, you had to have three names to be a kid in that household. And as they live in suburban Detroit, their neighbor Wilson played by Earl Hedman, often the go-to guy for solving the Taylor's problems, but you never saw Wilson's face. It was always obscured by the fence and then later seasons, other objects. And again, Tim, the stereotypical American man who likes power tools, cars, and sports. <laughs> and I'm an a fan of the Detroit professional sports teams. And uh, each episode includes Tim's own Benford-sponsored home improvement show. He was one-time Benford salesman. It's a show within a show called Tool Time. His friend and mild-mannered co-host, played by Al Borland, Richard Karn. I don't think so, Tim. And the Tool Time Girl, first Pamela Anderson as Lisa and later Debbie Dunning as Heidi, whose main duty is to introduce the pair at the beginning of the show. Does everybody know what time it is? And the audience replies, Tool Time. And the Tool Time Girl also helps out Tim and Al during the show, handing them their various tools and and although it's a, you know, Tim is deemed an excellent salesman, TV personality, he's also wildly accident-prone. <laughs> it's a handyman, massive disasters on and off the set to the consternation of his co-workers and family. And uh, many tool-time viewers assume the accidents are done on purpose to demonstrate the consequences of using tools improperly. And uh, Tim's accidents caused often by used, being used in an orthodox or overpowered manner designated to illustrate that metro more power a popular catchphrase that would uh be uttered throughout the show and uh of course was the last two words ever spoken on that and ironically uh tim the Toolman taylor made an appearance on tim allen's current show which is actually coming to an end last man standing which is a run, I believe, eight seasons, first on ABC and then after a cancellation. And about a year or so off, Fox picked the show back up and brought it back to life. And uh, Tim got to play both roles, and I thought it was highly hysterical. It was Mike Baxter, 
Tim makes an outlandish suggestion and says, I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> uh, home Improvement, definitely a fantastic show from the 1990s. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Cell is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.